news and I've got bad news for you today. Good news and bad news. The bad news, let me start with that, is that the faith of last year is not sufficient for this year. That's the bad news, okay? And the good news is that the faith of last year is not sufficient for this year as well. There's good news and there's bad news that, yes, we had some faith in 2022 and we've kind of made it through, but I'm here on the first day of this new year to announce to all of us that this is not sufficient to carry us into the future. And it's good news because God has actually designed us as human beings for us to develop and to continue and to step out further. In fact, we were just singing together in this last worship song and I took a picture on my phone and I'm going to read to you what you guys all just sang. You said, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. I'm pretty sure last year you've had some borders around your trust. And there were some things where I said, God, uh, please don't lead me there. And this morning we prayed, God, please lead us beyond our own borders. Let me walk up on the waters. I don't know how many of you have been drowning last year because you tried to walk on water and it didn't work out. And we just prayed together, God, please help us to say, take some bold steps even onto water that is on solid ground and we can actually continue walking. Uh, wherever you call me, let me walk up on the waters, wherever you would call me, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made strong in the presence of my Savior. So we're actually here this morning to talk about our faith for 2023 and that we all have to change in order to survive this coming year. This is bad news because it actually means we have to change. But it's also good news because it actually invites us into the change for this coming year. God has created us as human beings to flourish, to prosper, to grow, and to develop. That is just like with uh, babies that develop into children, that develop into teenagers, that develop into adults. Just like we see that with our bodies, in the same way God wants our soul and our spirit to develop. Wherever we are, there is a level of progress that we can develop into. So we may be on different kind of faith journeys, depending on how long you've been in faith and how much you've uh, opened up your life to God. You may be at different levels. We may all be at different levels. But wherever we are, we can grow one step further. We can grow one notch higher. We're not in competition, one against the other. We're not here on Sundays to compare how big is my faith compared to your faith. No, we all are here together understanding that we need to grow and develop in order to survive as people of faith in 2023. So the picture that I've got in front of me is a picture out of the scriptures, uh, out of Luke uh, chapter 12. It's actually a parable that Jesus tells, Luke chapter 12, uh, beginning with verse 16. And it's, uh, it's, it's one of these revelations of, of uh, parables that actually are quite disturbing. And let me just say, I would say, especially on the island of Mallorca, this is a disturbing parable. If you uh, want to shock some people here in Santa Ponza, read this uh, parable to them, and they will not know how to respond properly. Let me read the parable, and then uh, I, I'll give you a short exposition on that. 
Uh, Jesus said, the ground uh, of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And this man who had a good year with the nice uh, crops that had developed, he thought to himself, what shall I do now with this good year and with the crop that I've gathered? I have no place to store my crops. And then the man said to himself, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Let me just stop for a second here. This is a man who's had a good year. A very good year, successful year. He's brought in lots of harvest, good crops. And if you're a farmer, this is how you measure success if you've got lots of crops. And he actually has a problem that we would actually call a good problem. Because he's, got accumul he's accumulated lots. He's got, he's got lots of crops. Uh, he, he, he finds his barns where he wants to store the crops are actually too small. Which is a good problem. I mean, if you've got that much that you've gathered, it's a, it's a good problem to have. So he thinks to himself, very humanly, logically, oh, let me just build a bigger barn so I can put all my crops in. That makes sense. If you have lots of crops, you need to store them somewhere, otherwise they rot away, and so you want to build a bigger barn. And then he says to himself, and this is where the little hook is, this is where something goes off, off the track. He says to himself, he says to himself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be happy. I don't know. I'm meeting a lot of people here on the island, and perhaps this is you as well, who live here on the island, and you've worked hard already in your life, and you've accumulated something, and uh, you've, uh, you've, uh, you've already had some, some good success perhaps stored up. And you've come here to say, oh, now I will you know, just kick back and relax and go swimming and go surfing and go sailing and eat some good food. I, Mallorca has some of the best food in the world. And let's just kick back and, and let's, just, uh, let's just be happy. And then Jesus says in verse 20, but God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you, and who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And this is how the story ends. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. You can be wealthy in possessions and poor towards God, is how Jesus concludes this parable. You can be wealthy in all other kind of areas in your life, um, but you can be poor towards God. We need to stay in the game. In the game of letting God grow us. And we can't get out of the game. And the faith you had in 2022 is not sufficient to carry you into 2023. God wants to lead you further. He wants to keep you in the game, in our character for this new year, for the challenges that are ahead of us, perhaps personally, perhaps financially, perhaps in our families, perhaps in our profession. So how can we do that? 
How can we take this warning of Jesus seriously for this new year? And how can we, how can we so to speak, stay in the game and not just kick back, relax, and enjoy the island? I want to talk about three things this morning. <clears throat> I want to talk about the exposure that we need to get ourselves into. I want to talk about our response, and I want to talk about the action that we need to take. So first of all, let me talk about the exposure that I think we are in, invited to have and experience in our lives, which is the exposure of the Word of God alive and present in our lives. I brought with me this morning an old Bible of mine. So I reflected back over the years of being a Christian I've had various Bibles that have been important to me throughout my life. And the Bible that I have with me today, I only picked up actually as we moved here to Mallorca a couple of years ago. I basically found this again. I've got in my bookshelf, I've got many different Bibles collected over the years. But this specific one I read about 20 years ago when I was a law student at Frankfurt University. So I had finished my high school, and uh, I had decided to go into the profession of studying law at Frankfurt University. And if you know anything about law, law has a lot of books, and you need to do a lot of studying. So every day throughout the week, I would go to the, uh, the library, the Nationalbibliothek in Frankfurt. There's this big library which has every pub, uh, book publishing uh, since uh, uh, the end of uh, World War II uh, in the German language is stored in the National Library in Frankfurt. It, its opening hours were from 10 in the morning till 8 in the evening. And then on the weekends, on Saturdays, from 10 to 4. So I decided as a, as a young law student that I'm just going to make the, the hours of the library, I'm going to make these my study hours. I'm going to go there every morning. I'm going to be the first one in and the last one out, which you need to do if you want to get successfully through your studies. So every morning at 10 o'clock, I went in there, and I left at 8 o'clock at night. But I would always have, of course, a lunch break. And I know I was already reading a lot of law books for my studies, but I had made a purposeful decision as a young student that I'm going to read the scriptures, the word of God, as my daily practice as well. So in the back of this Bible, which I used back then, there's a, there's a reading plan, a reading plan for the year. And so, for example, here on January 1st, it would say, Read Genesis 1 to 4, which is four chapters. And actually, if you, if you go through it, every day you've got about three, two, three, or four chapters that you read in order to get through the entire scriptures within one year. Now, throughout my time of studying law, I read through this book uh, four times because this was part of my lunch break study. Every time during lunch, I would take that. And I can tell you that I can still picture myself sitting in the corner of this library over lunch and sometimes having my Bible open in front of me 
and just tears coming down my cheeks. Because ever now and then, God would use his words, his scripture, to speak directly into my life situation, into my circumstances. Not, not every day I would be so touched or gripped. And we all know that there are some passages that are really difficult to understand and to apply directly to your life. But I've got marks in here with actually with dates on them that, that on specific dates I would write down today this verse touched me and spoke into my life. So I chose uh, this, this Bible and, and I've got some other Bibles in my, in my house for, for different time periods. But, but I can point back to being exposed to the word of God and it actually speaking right into my life. And the first thing that I want to give you basically as a, as a groundwork, as you're kind of thinking for your growth and faith development for this year, is we all need to be exposed to the scriptures, to the word of God in some form or shape. This can mean we can read the scripture by ourselves in our, in our devotion, either daily or weekly or however you want to organize yourselves. Or this can be as we gather together in small groups or home groups where we come together and, and we read a passage together and we study it together. This can be by listening through, uh, to some podcasts. Uh, our church has a podcast, but then there are also other resources that we can tap into in order to get exposed to the word of God for our lives. And of course, this can also be happening here on Sunday mornings as we come together, not together around a person like a pastor, but where we come together to listen to the person of Jesus Christ speaking through his word. You read the text and then the text starts reading you. That's something special about the scriptures. If we get exposed to the scriptures. There's an old saying that uh, goes like this. Whoever has a Bible that falls apart probably has a life that doesn't. <laughs> Whoever has a, a Bible that falls apart because it's being read, it's being used, it's being marked, and it actually falls apart that actually does good to their lives. And let me just say, one reason why I love to come to this church and be part of this church community is because our pastor, Raphael, he, he actually is an excellent Bible teacher. He really understands the scriptures and he likes to give expositions. And that's why I love to come here and take notes and write the things that God is speaking through his teaching right into my life. So if you haven't made any New Year's resolutions, I would highly recommend for you to buy a pen. <laughs> I would highly recommend buying a pen. Buying a pen and start using this book, not just as this holy book on your bookshelf, but really actually as a tool to, that you work with, where you allow God to speak into your life. So this is the level of exposure. Let me go one deeper. The next level is the level of response. When we get exposed to the scriptures, 
It always calls for a personal response. So to speak, there is no neutral ground when we get exposed to the word of God. It calls us to say, yes, I believe. Yes, I want to follow you, Jesus. Yes, I want to be obedient. Yes, I want to yield to your will. Or to say, no, I don't want this. Please stay away with that truth. I'm not ready. I reject it. There's no neutral ground, so to speak, when being exposed to the scriptures. It does something to our heart and soul where we actually get confronted on a very personal, and I would also say a very loving way. Because the Spirit of God in His gracious way has a way of dealing with our individual lives in a very, in a very good and loving way. But it always calls for response. So my question for you guys this morning is, do you want to commit this year, 2023, to actually responding with a heartfelt yes to whatever God wants to teach you in and through his word? Do you want to be touched by his words? Do you want to yield to the will of God? Now, let's, let's be honest. We've all had some times where it has been easy for us to respond with a yes. Sometimes when I read my Bible and I, I find a, a passage and a verse that, that kind of strikes me and I say, ah, oh, this is, yes, this is good teaching. And I immediately say, I want to apply this. This is good for my life. I know how to do with it. And sometimes I read something, it's like, ah, oh, who put this in there? This story is not as smooth as I want it to be. This is, this is not as warm and comfortable as, as I would like to lay it out. This actually has some edge to it. There's a sharpness in here that strikes us if we are open to see that. Sometimes it's very easy to say yes, and, and sometimes it's just difficult. There's some inner wrestling that needs to happen as we kind of reflect upon the scriptures. One example is forgiveness. Forgiveness, the definition of forgiveness is that it's my decision that someone else doesn't owe me anymore. Forgiveness is a decision that someone else doesn't owe me anymore. Well... It's a, it's a decision that I can take to forgive. It's not by someone else uh, who, for reconciliation, but forgiveness, it's, it's a matter of my own heart and soul. Do I want to forgive? It's a decision I can take. And, uh, and, and it's because someone owes me. It actually doesn't say, you don't owe me. It's not being blind to the, the debt that has been that there has been accumulated. Uh, there may have been violence. There may have been harsh words. There may have been wrongdoing. But I actually choose to not count it against someone anymore. Forgiveness is my decision that someone else doesn't owe me anymore. Now, forgiveness, in my personal case, is very easy with some people, and it's very difficult with other people. For example, with my, with my kids... 
Normally, it's very easy to forgive my kids because I'm, I'm the papa, I'm the father, and they are teenagers, and they do a thousand things wrong, and sometimes I get irritated, but I don't, I don't grow a grudge over my children when they do something wrong. I don't. I have a very light and a very loving heart. It's, it's very easy to forgive my, my kids, but there's some difficult people in my life where it's not so easy to forgive. That have done something wrong on a, on a deeper level, more harsh, more, more sharp. Got some people that have screwed me over financially, some business relationships that have gone sour, some people in church that have disappointed me. But here's the thing, the core teaching of Jesus that we find in the scriptures is not to love your kids, but to love your enemies. Now, of course, we need to love our kids, but that's almost like a given. But the core teaching of the New Testament is that Jesus calls for loving our enemies. That's one of these sharp words here in the New Testament. It's not love those that love you. It's not love those within your family that are nice to you. The core teaching in the New Testament is lo love your enemies. But that is never easy, so to speak. There's some inner wrestling. There's an inner response that I need to work through as I am being exposed to the scriptures. That I read the text and the text reads me. And I read in the text that I'm called to love my enemies and to forgive them, not to kill them or to chop their heads off, but to actually love them. And my whole human nature wants to do the opposite. But that is what we're called to do. That is what we're called to do. My experience is sometimes when, when people start in their faith journey afresh, at the beginning there's some major work that God wants to do in your life. I remember when I became a Christian, there's some stuff where I, needed, where I was reading the scriptures, I really had to wrestle through it, and some things, some big blocks needed to be removed out of my heart. It's difficult, but it's doable because, you know, I'm, I'm full of energy and I'm full of the spirit and I really want to get some stuff done. My experience is also that sometimes for, for Christians who've been in the game for a little bit longer, that they turn blind to some of their own lacking. If you've been a Christian for a little bit longer, there's a good chance there's some stuff in the scriptures that you kind of want to just block away. You've heard it, and you've kind of put it somewhere else. There's a story in the New Testament, Luke 18, where a religious guy comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to have a good year with full of life and be a good, be a good God-fearing citizen. And Jesus takes him to the scriptures and 
goes uh, to the Old Testament, to the Ten Commandments, and says, well, you know what's written in the Ten Commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. And the young man responds, well, I've done all of that. I, I, I checked all the boxes for that. And then Jesus looks at him and says, well, you still lack one thing. And that's where Jesus becomes so crystal clear to this one young man. He tells him, sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. And the story continues that this young man, when he heard this, he became very sad. He became very sad because he was very wealthy, and he went away weeping in a sad state. We can be exposed to the truth, but choose not to be touched by it on a deeper level. And I'm here this morning to tell you, if you want to, in 2023, continue your growth development as a human being in a spiritual sense, you need to tune yourself to a positive response when you get exposed with truth in the scriptures. The next and last level that I want to talk about is action. Is action. Action is specific that we need to take as we've been exposed to the scriptures, as we've said yes, we want to do that. We actually need to put it into practice and need to act up on it. And staying within the story of this rich young ruler here from Luke 18, I actually believe that Jesus wanted him to sell everything and give it to the poor and come follow him. I think Jesus wasn't just giving him a nice illustration. He just wasn't giving him a nice mental exercise or spiritual exercise. I actually believe Jesus wanted him to go back home Talk to his wife that they're going to sell the house, they're going to sell the cows, they're going to sell whatever they had accumulated, and that they're going to give it to the poor because there were lots of poor people in the community, and that they would pack up their stuff and come and become disciples of Jesus and walk around with him. I actually believe that that's what Jesus wanted him to do. But that is a very necessary next level. After being exposed and saying, yes, I feel it, I see it, I sense it, we actually need to put it into practice what God reveals to us. This is the process of discipleship. Perhaps to get this over to our side, there is a relationship that you need to end and you actually need to call someone and say, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm out of this. Perhaps there is a habit that you've gotten accustomed to that is not good and that you need to change. And this is the year, this is the week, this is the month to change it. Perhaps there's a person you need to reconcile with. And it doesn't just mean that you on Sunday morning say, okay, I'll forgive this person, and uh, God, you know I forgive him. You actually need to set an appointment 
with that person and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I want to uh, ask forgiveness for what I've done wrong, and I want to find a way to reconcile our relationship here. Perhaps there is some money you need to give away or you need to invest differently. And what is required is actually for you to make a bank transfer, not just to have a nice time on Sunday morning here in worship and say, yes, I want to give you all my wealth, Jesus, but you actually need to get behind your computer and put in some numbers and say, here's the money transfer, and it goes out. See, the process of discipleship, of, an, of our inner development, is not just an inner mental or spiritual exercise. Jesus is interested, God is interested in all our lives, and that also means in our outward actions. And so it is not good enough, so to speak, to just process some stuff internally, which is very necessary, but actually to also change our outside behavior and how we live our daily lives. Let me give you one final example, and then I'll conclude, because I think I've already given us all a good uh, roadmap for this year. In 2008, the last time I spoke here on Sunday morning, I shared the story on how we wanted to do a church plant in the city of Mainz in Germany. And so one of the things that we did, uh, there was a group of about, about 100 Christians that came to the city of Mainz and we wanted to do some church planting. As throughout the day, we would start talking to people on the streets and we would invite them to an evening service in a tent on the marketplace in the city of Mainz. And we had big tables to invite people for food and beverage, and people would come. There would be a worship band that would play some music. And then we'd always have a gospel presentation. And the preacher was my father, who's a pastor. Uh, he was preaching in the evening and give, just giving a simple illustration of what the gospel can do in our lives. So one of these evenings, a man by the name of Vinny came to the services. He was a, has a, was a typical Mainzer, uh, Mainzer guy. He, he, uh, he supported the Mainz uh, 05 team. He always wears the, uh, the uh, tricot, the, um, the foot, uh, soccer, tr soccer dress. Uh, he uh, runs a market stand there in the city of Mainz, and someone invited him, Vinny, why don't you come to the evening service? So he comes, and that evening we talk about forgiveness. And the gospel exposition, it was just a simple explanation on, on forgiveness, on how God wants us to be in a good relationship with him and to be reconciled with him, and there's, that there's some forgiveness, an exchange that needs to happen. So at the end of the service, Vinny goes up front and, and, and for the first time in his life, he, he says yes to Jesus. And he says, yeah, I, I want to be in this relationship with God. Well, that was already a great story for a man. He was, he was perhaps in his 50s uh, to, to experience that. But then the next day, we were quite surprised as Winnie came back. He came back and found one of uh, the young people from our team and said, hey, I need some help. 
And we asked, you know, what, what do you need help with? He said, well, for about 30 years, I have not talked to my mother. More than 30 years, I've not talked to my mother. Uh, there's been some stuff in my childhood that was just very bad. But I want to go and see my mother. So the mother lived about one and a half hours away. And so one of the team members just decides, hey, why don't we jump on a train and we go down south and we go and visit your mother. So they get on a train, they go down south, they found the, find the house or the apartment where the mother lives and Vinnie knocks on the door, rings the doorbell, and all of a sudden stands in front of his mother after 30 years. They sit together at the kitchen table, and basically Vinny says, I want to be reconciled with you. I don't want to hold a grudge against you anymore. I want to forgive you for what I've experienced and how I've experienced it. And they had the conversation. There's a level of us where we need to be exposed to the truth. We need to respond to that internally. And then externally, we need to do something about it. This is what keeps us in the game. So to just kick back, relax, and be happy, it's not our game. It's not our game. God wants us, and God wants you to flourish in 2023. And I say that with the most loving respect that I have for every one of you and your own personal decisions and we all have different areas where we want to work on, that we need to work on, where we need God's help to work on. And I know life is complicated. My life is complicated. Family is complicated. My family is complicated. I understand all of that. But the good news is that God really wants to help us in this. Just imagine for, for one moment... What would our families look like? What would our families look like if people actually took this seriously? If you took this seriously? What would our marriages look like if husband or wife would actually take this seriously? Being exposed to the scriptures, responding yes, and then acting upon it. What would our work places look differently. So many people complain to me about their work environment. It's bad work environment. I understand that. But perhaps God has placed you in that work environment to be this bright light of transformation because you've been transformed. What would this island look like if people were not just here to kick back, relax and enjoy the times, but actually be in this place for spiritual growth and development and act upon the stuff we read and we get exposed to. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this first day of this new year. 
And I pray for myself that I want to I wanna have some faith without borders. I want to take some bold steps this year. I want to make some hard decisions. I want to have some tough conversations. I want to do some big transfers. Because I want to be a follower of you, Jesus. Thank you for, for having trust in me that I can make these decisions, that I can... <coughs> that I can grow and develop, that I don't have to stay where I am, that I can continue to grow. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife and for our boys and that we as a family want to follow you. I also thank you today for my church family here. We're here in this game together. We're not in competition one against the other. We're, we're all trying to find one step further on how we can live out as followers of Jesus. I want to pray especially for Pastor Raphael and Loretta and his family that you may just grant them a fantastic year. A year under your blessing, under your guidance, and that they will actually find joy here also with the congregation that they serve. That they really, on a daily, weekly basis, find great joy of leading us and helping us understand the scriptures, helping us with some of these difficult decisions. Thank you for good leadership here in the church as well. In Jesus' name, amen.